I'd like to welcome you to this edition of Life in the Fast Lane. I'm your host, Michael Grant, and it's a joy to have you along. And today we are going to be dealing with the subject of problem solving. You can't let your problems be a problem. And so I want to dive right into this issue. And first, I want to let you know that if you have any comments or quibbles or queries and would like to let us know those, then you can email me at pmnpk2014 at gmail.com. That's pmandpk2014 at gmail.com. And we would be more than happy to receive your email inquiries. Of course, we would be happy to receive... uh, monies or anything like that. If you'd like to support us in any way, we would be happy to receive uh, your encouragement uh, in any way, and we appreciate that so very much. So that is one way that you can help us. You can also see me on Facebook and Twitter You can reach out to me that way. Just look on Michael Grant, my name, and you'll find me there both in those social media areas as well. So, but it is good to have you with us, with me today as we uh, go through this subject of problem solving. You can't let your problems be a problem. And this is a very important subject as we tackle it uh, in the area of qualities uh, with the leader. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was coming to this area of leadership, um, you know, we get problems all the time, both our own personal problems and problems that, that other people have and that we bring on ourselves because we're trying to help others. And so it's like we get these problems compounded one after another. And it's like we get this, these uh, problems built up like a wall that's being built. And after some time, it can be a high wall that's built. And so we need to have a wrecking ball, so to speak, to break this thing down. And so what is going to break this wall down? And so today I'm going to give you some qualities that uh, leaders can use, whether you're a leader in a home, whether you're a leader, say, as a pastor, whether you're a leader in a business, whether you're a parent at home, that type of thing, in whatever position you find yourself in, but they're going to be qualities that you can use kind of uh, as a ball to begin to knock at that wall and hit at it. And though it may not come down on the first whack, 
it will come down after several whacks with this ball. I don't know if you've seen a wrecking ball, one of those wreckers that whacks at a wall. Uh, Sometimes it's not the first one, but they say that even the first one, if you you can't see it, there is a, a crack that happens, an invisible one, way inside the wall, and it begins to crack and develop a crack deep inside it, and if it continues to happen and hit, it begins to weaken it, and slowly it comes down. And that's what we want to happen today. We want that wall to come down. So, I want to share with you some ways in which that can happen. John Maxwell said this. He said, you can, be, you can measure a leader by the problem he tackles, by the problems he tackles. He always looks for one's his own size. He always looks for one's his own size. Um, John Forrester Duels, the former Secretary of State, said this about problem solving. The measure of success is not whether you have a tough problem to deal with, but whether it is the same problem you had last year. That's an interesting comment. So we all kind of look at that and go, hmm, how many problems did I have last year? Let me tell you a story. Um, The founder of Walmart, we all probably use or have used Walmart at some time, whether it's today or yesterday or last week or last month or last year. We've used it at some point in our life. His name was Sam Walton, and and this founder uh, has been called many things, including enemy of small-town America and destroyer of Main Street merchants. Quite a few smaller stores have gone out of business during the time of Walmart's growth, conceded Walton. Some people have tried to turn it into this big controversy, sort of a save the small town merchants deal, like they were whales or whooping cranes or something. The truth is that Walton was a small town Main Street merchant of the type he is criticized for displacing. The only difference is that he was an excellent leader who was able to solve problems and change rather than go out of business. Sam Walton was born in Kingsfisher, Oklahoma, and grew up in Columbia, Missouri. He demonstrated leadership in high school when he was elected student body president. 
led his football team to an undefeated season and state championship as its quarterback and then performed the same feat with the basketball team as its five foot nine inch floor leader. After graduating from college and working for a few years, Walton served in the Army during World War II. When he got out, he selected a career in retail, the field he loved, and along with his wife, picked the small town of Bentonville, Arkansas, in which to live. That's where they opened a Walton's Five and Dime variety store. The business did well, partly because of Walton's hustle, but also because he he shone foresight in making his store self-service, a new concept at the time. He worked hard and continued to expand it. By 1960, he had 15 stores, but that was also about the time when competitor Herb Gibson bought discount stores into Northwest Arkansas. They competed directly with Walton's variety stores. We really had only two choices, said Walton, stay in the variety store business or be hit hard by the discounting wave or open a discount store. So I started running all over the country studying the concept. We opened Walmart number one on July 2nd, 1962 in Rogers, Arkansas, right down the road from Bentonville. Walton soon added additional stores. His Walmart chain was small compared to some of the others begun around the same time. Kmart, Target, and and Wolco, but it was going strong. And that led to the next problem. Walton realized that he needed to improve the store's planning and distribution. He and his people solved the problem by creating central distribution centers. That, along with the computerization, allowed them to order in bulk, keep track of each store's needs, and distribute to them quickly and efficiently. And when the outlay for new equipment and buildings for the new distribution centers created a heavy debt load, it was merely another problem to be solved. Walton did it by taking the company public in 1970. When he died in 1992, the company operated more than 100, uh, 1,700 stores in 42 states and Mexico. Sam Walton, the small-town variety store owner, had become America's number one realtor. And since his death, the company has continued strongly, its leadership still solving problems 
as they arise and keeping Walmart and the other retail chain, Sam's Club, moving forward. Effective leaders like Sam Walton always rise to a challenge. That's one of the things that separates winners from whiners. Did you hear that? Winners from whiners. While other retailers complained about the competition, Walton rose above it by solving his problems with creativity and tenacity. No matter what field a leader is in, he will face problems head on. They are inevitable for three reasons. First, we live in a world of growing complexity and diversity. We see that all around us in today's 21st century. Second, we interact with people, people of all kinds, color, creeds, religion. And third, we cannot control all the situations we face. Leaders with good problem-solving ability demonstrate five qualities. And with these, my friend, these will help you pound on that wall and bring it down. Are you ready for these five? Okay, first, number one, they anticipate problems. Since problems are inevitable, good leaders anticipate them. Anyone who expects the road to be easy will continually find himself in trouble. I heard a story about David Livingston, the missionary to Africa, that illustrates the kind of attitude leaders need. A mission organization wanted to send helpers to Dr. Livingston, so its leader wrote, Have you found a good road to where you are? If so, we want to send other men to join you. Livingston replied, If you have men who will come only if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come even if there is no road at all. If you keep your attitude positive but plan for the worst, you'll find yourself in a good position to solve problems that come your way. Number two, they accept the truth. People respond in these ways when it comes to problems. They refuse to accept them. They accept them and then put up with them. Or they accept them and try to make things better. Leaders must always do the latter. 
Broadcaster Paul Harvey said, In times like these, it is good to remember that there have always been times like these. No leader can simultaneously have his head in the sand and navigate his people through troubled waters. Effective leaders face up to the reality of a situation. Number three, they see the big picture. Leaders must continually see the big picture, my friend. They cannot afford to be overwhelmed by emotion, nor can they allow themselves to be or to get so bogged down in the details that they lose sight of what's important. Author Alfred Armand Montague wrote, The major difference to see in obstacles, the few see the objectives, History records the success of the latter, while obliviation is the reward of the former. So let's look at that again. The majority see the obstacles, the few see the objectives. History records the successes of the latter, while oblivion is the reward of the former. Number four, they handle one thing at a time. Richard Sloma has this advice. Never try to solve all the problems at once. Make them line up for you one by one. Leaders who get into trouble most often are the ones who are overwhelmed by the sheer size or volume of their troubles and then dabble at problem solving. If you're faced with lots of problems, make sure you really solve the ones you're working on before moving on to the next one. Number five, they don't give up on a major goal when they're down. Effective leaders understand the peak to peak principle. They make major decisions when they are experiencing a positive swing in their leadership not during the dark times. As NFL fullback Bob Christian says, I never decide whether it's time to retire during training camp. He knows not to give up when he's in the valley. Okay, so let's reflect on all this. Arthur George Matthew Adams stated, what do you think means more than anything else in your life? 
more than what you earn, more than where you live, more than your social position, and more than what anyone else may think about you. Every problem introduces you to yourself. It shows you how you think and what you're made of. When you come face to face with a problem, how do you react? Do you ignore it and hope it goes away? Do you feel powerless to solve it? Have you had such bad experiences trying to solve problems in the past that you've just given up? Or do you tackle them willingly? They, the ability to solve problems effectively comes from experience facing and overcoming obstacles. Each time you solve another problem, you get a little better at the process. But if you never try, fail, and try again, you'll never be good at it. Do you understand? So let's bring all this home. To improve your problem solving, do the, prob- do the following, my friend. First, look for trouble. If you've been avoiding problems, go out looking for them. You're only going to get better if you gain experience dealing with them. Find situations that need fixing. Come up with several viable solutions and then take them to a leader with good problem-solving experience. You'll learn from his decisions how he thinks when handling difficulties. Develop a method. This is the next thing. Some people have a hard time solving problems because they don't know how to tackle them. Try using the TEACH, T-E-A-C-H process. First of all, T for time. Spend time to discover the real issue. Next, E for exposure. Find out what others have done. The next is A for assistance. Have your team study all angles. Next, C for creativity. Brainstorm multiple solutions. Next, H for hit it. Implement the best solution. And then finally, surround yourself with problem solvers. If you aren't a good problem solver, bring others into your team with you who are. They will immediately complement your weaknesses and you will also learn from them. That's a powerful leadership principle that you will so most gain from. Boxer Gene Tooney won the World Heavyweight Championship by beating Jack Dempsey years ago. Most people don't know that when Tooney 
started his boxing career, he was a powerful puncher. But before turning pro, he broke both hands. His doctor and manager told him he would never be a world champion as a result. But you know what? That didn't deter him. He said, if I can't become a champion as a puncher, I'll make it as a boxer. He learned and he became one of the most skillful boxers ever to become a champion. Here's the point. Never allow others to put obstacles in the pathway of your dreams. So let me tell you today, what's in your way? What's holding you back? What's stopping you from your success today? What's in the way? What's that wall that's stopping you from being the leader, the prosperous person, the champion that you were meant to be? What's that problem that is so in your way today that's stopping you from being who you were meant to be? Well, let's use some of the principles that I've talked about today and let's whack at that wall until it comes down. And let's not allow the distractions, those distractions that so easily cause us to move off the fast lane, this fast lane that we've been talking about so much of lately that I've been trying to keep you on, this fast lane. Let's stay on this fast lane, friends, because truly you will be the champion if you stay on the fast lane of truth. And that's what I want you to stay on. I'm so glad you've joined me today, and I want you to join me again for another edition of Life in the fast lane.